And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you, Lynn Monet with us. And before we go to calls, let's talk about this fourth house, which uh, you still own, Lynn? Yes, I still own. I'm still in the process of uh, clearing out. Um, the uh, the um, guest is still there. The, the unwanted guest is still there. Um, what we found out that it was, as I had made mention, that the hallway started to fill up with the ectoplasm and then these wreaths of spirit faces were in the hallway and this thing seemed to be having them follow along almost like bobbing balloons is how it looked. Hmm. So I reached out to a friend of mine that does remote viewing. Actually, I called two of them so that one could verify the other and they had never been to the house and the remote viewer did come in and both of them, what they said, paralleled each other, that there was an elemental, which I have never, ever dealt with i've never even thought of ever that that would ever be an issue that there was a troll-like elemental in the house that had been there since before religion so any of the type of spiritual cleansing that we did would not be effective on an elemental and he wasn't leaving you can't make the elemental leave either you have to leave or you have to find a way to pacify it or you um you know you, or you have to live with it, and it's not good to live with them because they do have a negative pull just the same way as disembodied souls do. And, of course, this particular elemental carried disembodied souls with him that he kind of collected for his entertainment and to draw energy off of, I found out. But what I was told was is as the remote viewers looked into the house, they talked about several rooms in the house that there's no way that they could have known about, and they were exactly correct. And they talked about the fact that there was something in the house in a bedroom upstairs that was drawing the um, this troll-type thing. They called it a bogart-type uh, thing, and that it was coming into the house from the ground through a portal in a room behind the kitchen, which there was a family room behind the kitchen that actually had a storage under area underneath the stairs, which was the portal that it was coming through that went up to the third floor. This thing was determined, wasn't it? Yes, it was. And I actually went upstairs into the third bedroom, and I found this rock, this rock that was about as big as my hand with my fingers spread out. It was a a good-sized rock, and it was this ugly rock that I had noticed in the room before that I almost threw out because I'm like, my sister collected crystals and things, but it was like, why would she have this this really ugly rock in the house? I don't I couldn't understand why it was there, but it turned out that that rock was what that elemental was coming into the house for. So I was told by one of the people that did the remote viewing to take the rock and to take it back outside and uh we placed it inside of a a shed a shed shedded area because he said that since the elemental now is used to coming into the house, it kind of likes coming into the house, so it need to give it its separate area. But that's what it turned out to be. And Did that work? It, it did leave outside of the house, but we've had, and I know this, you know, people that have experienced elementals before, will, you know, they, uh, that are listening will understand those that have not. This is an education because sometimes it may not be a demon or a ghost. You may have an elemental in your house. Um, so we've had to negotiate with it. We had to offer it baked goods, literally, um, out there by the rock, rum, tobacco, things that that type of elemental likes. 
and we made an agreement with it that if you, you know, you need to stay out of the house and we will supply you with this, and it just so happened that it did work. It stayed out there. One humorous thing did happen right before we left the house. Um, within like 24 hours, we ended up having to stay a little bit longer because there was a leak in the plumbing on on a on a holiday. I had to have a plumber come in. So we had told it that we were leaving that day. When we came back into the house, we could hear it grumbling, and it sounded like um, like the Tasmanian devil on Bugs Bunny, how we, on that cartoon he would grumble under his breath. So you would hear it grumbling, and it would leave little dirt trails. <laughs> yeah, and I kept wondering why there were these little dirt trails in the house periodically that I would come across. I'm like, you know, I just swept that. So how could that be there? But this thing was drawing those those, those things in, and I, I the, a Bogart was coming through. So we had to, again, let this thing know that we were going to be staying an additional day and that he needed to stay out in the shed with his rock. We gave him a bell. This is what we were told to do, and it did work, ironically. But the thing was, is I overheard my son, he was carrying heavy items out to the truck, and all of a sudden I hear all of these F-bombs flying. And I thought my son had hurt himself, so I immediately yeah. go to the front door to see if he's dropped something on himself or he's hurt himself. And don't, I open the door. don't say it on the air, whatever you do. No, 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 of course not. That's why I, I, I won't. And he's standing right there, and I said, what happened? I said, are you okay? I kept hearing F-bombs being dropped, and he said, that wasn't me. And I said, well, it sounded like a man. I thought that it was you. And he said, no, that wasn't me. He said, that little thing is out in the front yard while my son was carrying the things out there. And he said that there were a lot of spirits in the yard as well. So, again, we redirected him back. But the next morning when we were packed up to leave, my son had both of the cars idling. He was kind of charging the battery on his car, and he was trying to hook up my phone charger so that I could charge it, have my phone charging on the way home. And all of a sudden, I come outside as well. And we had promised the elemental that if he stayed out of the house, that we would leave him with something when we went to leave. And I could hear, again, F-bombs being dropped because this was like his, his favorite word. And uh, so I went to my son in the truck and I said, why are you, you know, dropping F-bombs again? He said, that's not me. And all of a sudden, we both hear repeated f-bombs that little thing was literally standing in the doorway of that shed that we left him and he was calling to us because he wanted to make sure that we didn't leave without leaving him his treat well when you were leaving the treats did you see them uh let's say you were leaving them like a like a fifth of something i would assume right right well we left him a beignet we left him some rum one day did he take them you know I mean, I mean, did they disappear? Or did the drinks yes. dwindle down? Um, everything would disappear. Um, a lot of times the cup would be tipped over onto the ground. And they can shift change, from what I've learned, they can shift change into animals. The animal then eats the item that, that the Bogart has shifted into or yeah. has become one with. Let's just that's, take, that's let's... what I found out because literally, because I'm like, oh, it must be a raccoon or a possum. You know, that's coming in to eat it. But then I started reading about them, and people started. I started asking people that were familiar with elementals, and they said, "Yes, they do. They shift change. They can shift change into appear like people. They can shift change to appear like animals. And yes, that enables them to be able to um, take partake in the the treat that you've left." 
Let's go to the phones west of the Rockies. Brian in Great Falls, Montana, to get us started. Hey, Brian, go ahead. Hey, how are you guys doing tonight? Okay, Brian. Thanks for letting me be on the show. Sure thing. Uh, I had a question. Um, I have this uh, spirit, I guess, uh, that's kind of been with me uh, my entire life. And listening, uh, is her name Lynn? Yes. Okay. Listening to Lynn about the elementals, um, it's kind of like, I don't, I don't really know, but it's like I have dreams about this little girl at like certain times, like that are close to like a family member's death or something that happens that's not good. Um, but I've also had visits from a little girl also in person that has been really weird, unknown, who she was kind of thing. Is it scary and, for you, Brian, or is it uh, pleasant? Um, you know, I, I, it, it's a little eerie. Do you do you would you prefer that the spirit left you alone? At times, yeah. So how does he get rid of it, Lynn? Well, for one thing, um, if it is a disembodied soul, a lot of times they don't realize that they are dead, um, and you can tell them that they are dead. Um, if you notice with disembodied souls, like you're talking about the little girl. A lot of times they're looking forward or they're looking down or side to side, but the, you don't usually run across a spirit that is looking upward. So when they, they tend to lose their way. So if you do have a soul in your home that you would like to help cross over, which it sounds like this little girl needs some help crossing over. It sounds yeah. like she's more earthbound than already. When they cross over, they can come back and forth freely, and it's never unpleasant. But when they're earthbound, they do have a negative pull about them that will make you feel uncomfortable. And you simply need to tell her that she is dead and to look up and reconnect. And the cord, there's a cord that we're all connected to. And when a spirit chooses at the time of death not to cross over, which they have that choice, eventually the cord kind of, it, it, it fades over time, but yet there's still a connection, but it's just not as visible, if that makes sense. So if they look upward, that cord kind of connects with them, and it'll immediately help them to transition upward. So a lot of times, too, you'll be looking at a spirit, and when you tell them, look up and connect with your cord, they'll all of a sudden just, poof, be gone. Cornelius is with us in Louisiana. Hello there, Cornelius. Hey there, George. Boy, you got the best guests and the best callers in the world. Miss Lynn Monet. Um, I knew some Monets, but they happen to be African-American. I am, too. They call me the God, Guns, and Gold Man, the Bible Bullets and Beans Man. And I was just telling Donna, the call screener, and I told George, and he's seen it. When I was in our city council meeting in Alexandria, Louisiana, you can go to YouTube, Cornelius Cornelius Lawson White on YouTube, you August the 8th of 2023 in our Alexandria, Louisiana City Council meeting, you'll hear this demon talking while I'm trying to talk about my dead dad, 
he passed away. He was a Korean War vet, passed away in December of 2020 from COVID-19. Now, I'm going to tell you some strange things. Inside the house where I live at now, it's just me now because my mom passed in 2012 of multiple myeloma, which is a blood cancer. So the first thing that went out was his TV a month from his death, January the 13th, because he died December 13th, the TV went out. Over the years, all his electronic products, even this cell phone that I've been on, it's cut out when I've tried to call in to George, I've had to power it up. And the tubs, we got two tubs. One was in my mom and dad's room, and one was for the guests that would come stay over here. I cut the water on on both, just let it run a little bit because you want to let them run. Those valves froze, so I got water constantly rolling. So about two weeks ago, and the city knows this, I told them I can't cut the water off. I got to get a plumber over here. I've been paying $600 a month, a utility bill. For water? No, no. It's more than that for the water, but I've been personally paying that because I knew I had a problem. And so uh, they cut my power off about two Mondays ago. So I went to the city council meeting this past Tuesday, and October 31st is going to be our next meeting. They've been cutting off people's power all over the city for a little bit of nothing. But I've been paying my bill. But the water ran it up to like two or three thousand dollars because it's constantly running. My and I couldn't God. cut it off. But it's strange because they say the Holy Spirit is water. So do you think my dad is trying to send me some kind of signal or something? Uh, not for six, not for the amount of money that that you're having to pay no. for money for the thing. He would send you messages in another way that wouldn't be like that. Um, you know, the the house is also the house that I was talking about is also in Louisiana. It's in Abbeville. And I've been having similar things happen with water and electricity like what you're talking about. You could very well also have one of these elementals at your house. Um, usually when um, and you were mentioning, too, about the electronics and things, they also draw on that. A lot of times these spirits, they like to be recognized but not exposed, so they will interfere with telephones and computers and, and lights and TVs and all of those things, drain, draining them or turning them on and off, making them beep, making sounds. I actually had a show not too long ago with somebody where there was actually a deep sigh right in the middle of the program that everybody heard um, that, that came from nowhere. So it, it obviously came from somewhere, but um, I, it sounds to me like you have something more going on with the ground, with the, the, the energy of the ground or something else that you have going on there. Um, I don't think that your father would signal you in that way. But no, he, he, wouldn't co- he wouldn't cost him money, would he? No, no, no. They, they, they don't have to do that. He would find other ways to come to you. And, and your father is around you, by the way. Yeah, he's always known that, I think, too. That's a good observation, Lynn. That's crazy. I don't know why you didn't get a plumber in earlier. Well, you know, with me, I mean, the plumbing started leaking when when we left. The sink was, but that I've come to find out that if somebody does have an elemental on their property, they can do that sort of thing. And I saw it firsthand, so I... 
I had never experienced anything before like that in my life. But you know what? Like I said, paranormal, nobody's an expert. We all keep on learning things, and this is something new to me. Now, you're not a priest. You're not an exorcist. What techniques do you use to clean a house? Um, I Most of the time, I go in with a fire element. Um, the fire, a, 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 there are several components that I use of which I would share privately. I don't want to share on the radio. I will tell them how it works because I don't want somebody to try it at home and burn their house down. Right. So, but I do use um, there. My my partner Bill and I um, we go in and we use components to block the drains so that spirits can't exit. We usually prepare ourselves ahead of time to make sure that we are protected because, of course, we don't want anything to attach to us and go home with us because that can happen. So we we prepare ourselves and we go in prepared. We usually ask people to exit the home because a lot of times their fear and negativity or the whispering of "Did you see that?" kind of thing draws draws uh, the the negativity the, the negative behavior they feed off of. So it, it it enables them to do more physical acts if there are spirits in the house. And when we go in, we are constantly battling that negativity. And those spirits, because they don't want us there. They don't want us to <clears throat> to clear the house. And it's very, very exhausting when when we're done because we constantly have to have, like, this so-called force field around us. But when we do go in, there is a fire component that we use. And if you think of fire, you know, pulling in oxygen, spirits are in that, that realm of, of, of air, so to speak. So it pulls them into this burning um, pot method that we use and sucks them in and they get stuck in the components that we use that are in, that are in the pan. Lynn, we're going to take a break here and come back and take final calls with you in a moment on Coast to Coast AM. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you, our final segment with Lynn Monet with your calls. Lynn, what are you working on these days after these other books are done? Oh, wow. Um, actually, more books. Um, I, when my sister passed away, I got to also glimpse into the other side again and saw her received. So I'm going to be writing a follow-up to Colors of Heaven um, coming in the next year, um, as well as the completing the five-book series to, um, to Omnipresent. Um, and that's what I'm doing. And dealing with this, this Bogart, I'm planning on possibly turning the house into a dead and breakfast for people that want to investigate. The thing about these elementals is versus spirits is that spirits sometimes will wait a little while before they show up and start tampering. But these, these elementals show up almost immediately. So people will definitely, you know, get their exploration in with, with that sort of thing. And um, if I may just mention one more thing. Yeah. The previous caller... A lot of times the, these elementals will create situations in a home so that it's almost impossible to remain living there because they want you to leave, which is why tampering with the water, uh, come to find out that the house that my sister was living in had four foreclosures prior to her buying it out of foreclosure, and then she ended up um, passing away. And um, they'll, they mess with marriages, they'll strip you of your money, and they'll find ways to drain your resources so you can't afford to stay there. All right, back to the phones. Let's go to Ron in Lewisburg, North Carolina here. Hey, Ronald, go ahead. Uh, good morning, Lynn Monet, George Noary. Uh, pleasure to speak to both of you. Thank you, Ron. Uh, I'm 72 years old and a Vietnam vet. And back in, I guess, my second wife, uh, back around 77, 78, some in that area, um, she had an aunt in York. We lived in Pittsburgh area, 
and she had an aunt in York, Pennsylvania, and we were going to go spend uh, the, a weekend with her. Her aunt was leasing this big, um, I guess, a, a huge house, and on the right side was this huge barn. And it turned out it was it was built back in the 1800s during the Civil War, and it was actually an inn. And back then, uh, the C- Civil War people would you would rent a, a bed. Um, I remember this upstairs. There'd be a big, huge room with like 15 beds. And then back in the corner, there was this little tight stairway where the servants would come in. The whole house and the whole everything about it, they had pictures that taken back in, uh, of the women with, uh, you know, what it looked like back then inside and out. It was a historical place. I guess they ended up taking it over. But even the paint on the walls is the same. Uh, they had plant But anyway, so we're spending the weekend there. And the kitchen had the big, huge open, just like it was back, back then, a big uh, fireplace where they cooked in there. And it was intriguing to me. I, I was really, you know, wild about it. I'm walking. They got spinning wheels, uh, everything antiques, that, which the way it was back then. And um, I'm sleeping upstairs. And about 3 o'clock in the morning, I hear this woman crying. And um, I get up, and I start walking down the hall. And I'm where's it coming from, and it's in this room. So I open up the door, and that was one of them that I had, like, the 15 beds. Even the beds were still there. The 15 beds are, are – I don't know why I'm saying 15. Maybe I counted them. But um, – and then there was a big window at the end of the room, and all of a sudden uh, – it was a, I guess the moon was out, so the, there was some light coming in the window. And I – all of a sudden, this white apparition woman in this long – white gown start, was crying and she started she opened her arms and she flying at me uh across off the flying i guess wasn't walking uh towards me and crying and 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 that and i i was cold in there by the way and i mean i didn't know what to do i just i guess slammed the door or whatever and i went back into the uh, bedroom and and i went to sleep the next morning I, got, I guess I had this look on my face, and we're having breakfast, and her aunt looked at me and said, uh, you saw her. I said, what? She said, you saw the ghost. I said, wow. They didn't say nothing about it until then. <laughs> and I said, oh, my God, yeah, I did. And she told me about it. They, didn't, they knew about her. And here it turns out she's t- the, the story is that she's waiting for her fiancé or her husband to come back from the Civil War, and he I guess he never did, and she died or whatever. But um, – and she said, yeah, you saw the guy. She says, she says, every time a new male comes into this house and sleeps here, they have the same same thing goes through with them. What is it about these ghosts, Lynn, like that? Wow, that's a, that's an amazing story. And, and thank you story. for your service, too, by the way. Um, yes. You know, it's funny that you mentioned 3 a.m. because even in folklore, they um, it's considered the, the witch's hour or the devil's hour is 3 a.m. When, when, and it's a time where spiritual activity is, is usually more noticeable in the house. And also we are coming into um, to the Halloween time, which the veils between the dimensions are much thinner, so there is more activity. But um, it sounds like the, the um, I, I love your story. I love I, and and your the experience that you're sharing here. Um, it 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 sounds to me it is exactly what was explained to you about the story that she's waiting for someone. And sometimes you know you can't cross spirits over because they don't want to cross over. Um, 
for whatever reason that they're anchored here, sometimes they like to stay and, and they get and they get used to it. But it is very, very frightening to have that happen um, when you're, especially when you're sleeping and, and you wake up to something like that. Oh, it's jarring, isn't it? It is. Thank you, Ron. Appreciate that. And again, yeah, thank you for serving. Joe in Monterey, California. Hey, Joe, go ahead. Thank you for taking my call, George. Thank you, Joey. Uh, Lynn, um, now I uh, I do exorcisms, and uh, sometimes uh, people are haunted, as yes, well as house, houses. Now there is uh, on the astral plane uh, what is known as the astral police, and they are angels, and they do collect uh, souls that are lost, and uh, they bring them into the light um, or healing. Now. As you know, and you said so, that they will run and hide. They go into different dimensions. They will go into a different universe to hide, and they know how to do this. Yes. What can be done, uh, you would first uh, get used to calling on angels, certain archangels, very powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when they come, you can throw a cord, because they may not be able to do this, but you can throw a cord... Um, to a tree, and maybe to another tree, so that the elementals does not track it back to you and tell the angels to follow this cord to the elemental. And, and you could this is with strong intention, that the cord would find them. Uh, you can also put a light around them and help to heal. And you could do this with uh, discarnate souls as well, because basically uh, the lack of love for many, many years kind of turns them very surly. So you could use the Holy Spirit and uh, drench them with uh, light, because that's okay, because you're healing them. Uh, but I would call on, uh, get used to calling on, on certain powerful angels. And there are Native Americans that are on the astral, and, and they perform a service to, for mankind. That's a way of working with their karma. Uh, now, have you ever... Uh, notice any other types of elementals because I know they change shape, but there's other types of elementals that are not. Um, they're 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 like disease elementals, and they can cause a lot of havoc. And there are people that will take them away. Thank you, George, for taking my call. And then right. you're very brave doing what you're doing. Thank you, Joe. How many of the kinds of elementals are there out there, Lynn? Uh, there are lots. Well, you've got to consider that the fairy world is considered an elemental, all, all sorts of gnomes. There are many, many levels of these troll-type things from puck wedgies to, as I mentioned, the, the Bogart and, and then hundreds of names for them. And they've been here since almost before time. That, I mean, not before time, but, you know, with the creation of the earth. Um, they they were in there. They're, they've even been here before religion. And um, and thank you so much to um, to the person calling in um, with with the information. I appreciate that very much. I will implement it as I had made mention to George in the beginning of the show. Nobody's an expert in the paranormal field because it's constantly a learning curve that we're constantly evolving and learning. And like I said, I had never had any experience and never even imagined that something like this could create such havoc. And so I, I appreciate very much the suggestion about the cord, and I will definitely use that. And you're absolutely right about they become surly because of the way, for one, that they were treated when they were embodied, and also the, the way that people trample through 
um, disrespectfully their their land. And uh, and again, also the love element that you mentioned is another key piece that I totally agree with. That um, uh, love is repellent to a lot of negative things, but love can also be very very healing to um, to other things. So I really appreciate that um, that information. First time caller Annette's with us in Overland Park, Kansas. Hello, Annette. Still there? Hello, I'm here. Okay, go ahead. Um, I have uh, Lynn had mentioned telepathy. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes I uh, get thoughts uh, from my brother who's passed on and my parents who have passed on. Sometimes I'm wondering if they're trying to give me a message of what that might be. Do they do it by telepathy like that, Lynn? They can. They can do it through telepathy. They'll come into your dreams. A lot of times, if you want to know something, you can, uh, when you go, before you go to sleep, you can ask to be given that message and to be able to remember it also, because sometimes people dream and sometimes they don't. But they do come in with dreams. They also can come in with with other ways to let you know that they're there. Um, You can ask them to leave a specific symbol. My mother, who passed away six years ago, she leaves her hair. She leaves this beautiful, long, opalescent hair. My sister Lisa shows up as dragonflies so and feathers. I'll, I'll find feathers just randomly laying places in my house that could, I, and I don't have birds. So, um, you know, I'll find a feather laying on the floor just out of the blue, and they're usually beautiful ones. Um, my sister had an aviary with parrots, and so um, they do have ways to let us know that, that they are there. And, again, if you want to, even though they've crossed over, if you want to ask them to specifically leave something like a ladybug or something, you might start noticing ladybugs during times of the year when ladybugs shouldn't be around, like the wintertime. Or even if you turn a page in a magazine and you see um, a ladybug or a print on a fabric, that they're signaling you to let you know that they're present with you. That's a good point. Let's go to Don in Alberta, Canada, International Line. Hello, Donald. Hi, George. Hi, Lynn. Um, I wanted to talk about the, the one religion in China where they, a week before they believe that they should uh, leave, they uh, they, they uh, start chanting a word and they disappear in a flash of light. But you were talking about those uh, little uh, elementals. One of the most bizarre things I've seen is uh, there was a partner I worked with, and uh, they were like, well, we called them gremlins. We joked about it in the industry. Um, they, they, they like electricity, vibration, um, but they just raise havoc on equipment. And so I contacted a, a psychic guy, and uh, so we figured out and packed them up and moved them. I'm not going to say where, but they have a lot. They have a lot of fun. It's costing them a lot of money. Anyway, but uh, I just couldn't believe that something you can't see, touch, taste, or smell can just just absolutely destroy equipment. It just it would just be it, it, we just dread every time. And it's not just that, but there was other incidents where people just about got killed, so packed them up. And then when I went back to the same place in the spring, because that was in the fall, we were moving everything out of there, because they attached to uh, certain pieces of, like, the rock or equipment or whatever the case may be. We went back in the spring, and I knew that some of them had came back because they had burnt. There was this beautiful barn. It was, like, inside it was like a cathedral. It was built in the 1930s, and it had burnt down. So they, I don't know if it was a protest or what it was when they came back, but uh, yeah, it was. It, it's pretty amazing. Like, um, 
I don't know. I, those particular ones, I don't know how to get rid of. But uh, yeah, I just just moved them, and yeah, then all our problems stopped after they got moved. I, I basically had the between me and the other person, we uh, just told them that uh, we had a better place for them they'd like. <laughs> Does that work sometimes, Lynn? Can you talk them yeah. into leaving? Uh, well, as I had mentioned, and I totally concur with everything that you've that you've said here, um, and it makes perfectly sense because they can create the havoc. And yes, moving them. As a matter of fact, I was told that when I go back to the house, that I need to take the rock from the shed and put it beyond the landline and try to close the portal that it comes through, which I plan on doing. But mentioning how they do create havoc, as I had mentioned too, um, and to, to go along with what you're saying. Um, there, the house had foreclosed four times prior to my sister, and how I found this out is I was having a, an estate sale in her yard, and one of the ladies came and she said, "Oh, well, my cousin used to live here, you know, X amount of years ago, and they bought the house out of foreclosure." And I said, "They did," and she says, "Yeah," and then they foreclosed, and I'm like, "Well, my sister." bought it from some people that apparently bought it from your people, and then it also went into foreclosure. And then my sister paid cash for the house, so it made her very, very sick. Um, it exacerbated her cancer, which they can do, and it made her very, very sick. And Get rid of that place, Lynn. Get rid of that place. Keep in touch with us, Lynn Monet. Her website's linked up at coasttocoastam.com. For Dan Galanti, Donna Walker, Tom Danheiser, Lisa Lyon, Lex Lonehood, Sean Latasor, Stephanie Smith, Chris Burroughs, Tim Banal, George Knapp, and Ian Punnett. I'm George Norrie, somewhere out there on Coast to Coast AM. We'll see you on our next edition. Until then, be safe, everyone.